Well, hello and welcome to the Darren Clarkson King podcast. It's me, Darren Clarkson King, kayaker, whitewater kayaker, Himalayan paddler. Spent a lot of time in North Wales when I'm in Britain. And it's my podcast, do you guys know that? This podcast's going to be a little different to the sort of random uh, thoughts that I've had on the last two. For this one, I'm going to answer a question that's been asked to me a few times when I've been doing my talk series at the moment. And I thank everyone for coming to those talks. They've been brilliant. Uh, a few people asked me at the talk series. A few people have asked me on uh, Facebook and I've had a few emails and various other people uh, on the, in other formats have asked me the, the same question. Why do I solo and should people solo have been the sort of questions. And can I talk a little bit about solo kayaking? I've thought about it and I am going to talk about solo kayaking. I'm not here to promote solo kayaking. This is not why this podcast is here. And I'm certainly not here to say that everyone should or shouldn't solo. Before I start, as a disclaimer, I want to tell people that if you are going to solo, you just need to think about the risk and reward for yourself it's risk and reward for others that may be affected if things are not smooth and easy for you. <clears throat> and I'm talking, you know, fatality or injury. And you're putting yourself in a place where others have to come and deal with you, deal with outcomes. Having said that, when I solo, no matter where I am soloing, whether it's my local run or I'm in the Himalayas, and when I say local, I mean my Welsh local run, because I'm in Wales at the moment. I always carry a spot find me in my buoyancy aid pocket. I'm not saying that the spot find me is the best personal beacon that you can get, you know, emergency beacon. Excuse me, the Garmin inReach is really good. If you don't have a great deal of cash, the Hero one, which has just come out, about 130 quid, super tiny. I think it's the smallest of the uh, newer beacons easily fits into your body, pockets waterproof. No subscription on the Hero, 130 quid. The Spot Family's got a subscription on it, but I like the features of that uh, a little bit more than the others. This podcast is not sponsored in any way. I don't get product. You know, I'm just talking about what's in my brain, my adult 44-year-old brain. But I think if you're solo, it's something to think about. A personal locator beacon of some description is always sensible. And if you're going to have one, stick it in your bouncier pocket. Mobile phones are really handy, except, you know, in a deep garage somewhere you might not get a signal. Like I say, the inReach, I think, is a bit more expensive. The Spot Find Me, for me, sits in the sort of middle ground, but there's a subscription on that. <clears throat> and then the Hero, which is, like I said, just come out, about 130 quid. I think if you Google it, it's the Kickstarter on it. That's quite a nice product. Again, not sponsored by anyone. Don't care about people from Sport or Garmin or Hero sending me free stuff. Um, it's not why me. I'm just saying that if you're going to solo, you should might want to, you know you should really consider personal locator beacons. Uh, they're probably a good idea. And there's you know they are a bit more than the EPUB. You know uh, the Spot Find Me. You can send messages. The Garmin you can send messages. Uh, both of which I think mate to your smartphone. But anyway, that's a different podcast completely. And those that are techie and geeky and, you know, all that, I'm sure you can Google it and work out if you actually need one. Right, 
solo kayaking. In the media, we see people doing adventure sports solo a lot. Climbers especially, we see doing solo climbs. Famous people, media friendly climbs. I'm thinking of Alex Honnold here, you know, Jimmy Jewell in Wales. And we know of people that paraglide solo, we know of people that fly light aircraft solo, we know of people that mountain bike solo, go out sea kayaking solo. But whitewater kayaking solo seems to throw up quite a diverse opinion pull from people. You know, if you're going to sit in a bar or around a campfire or a coffee shop and discuss solo whitewater kayaking with people, you're going to get a lot of mixed opinions. When I was a kid, learning to paddle, we always had the, you know, less than three there should never be. And we sort of know why that is. And I understand that. You know, if three people, one person gets into difficulty or gets injured, one can stay with the injured person and one can go and get help. I sort of get that. But I think soloing opens up a lot of doors. And I'm not saying that it's right for everyone and that everyone should do it. I'm really not. And I need people to understand that. And I want it in neon letters. I've also, I'm also at the stage in my kayaking where I've lost a lot, of, a lot of friends to the river. Always paddling in groups. And, you know, the friends I have lost to the river are way too many. One's too many. And the number I've lost in my paddling life are too many. Now I don't ever want to say that these people are safer if they went solo because I don't think that's true. I think, you know, for whatever reason incidents happen and we lose people to the river and we are a community and we are a family and that hurts. So if you do solo please remember that that there's hurt out there and there's pain and there's suffering. Having said all that, I've just got off the Fairy Glen and I've been soloing the Fairy Glen for a, over a decade, best part of 20 years maybe. And today as I walked to the Glen, the Glen was running pretty low, as I walked to the putting of the Glen, I thought back to my first time soloing the Glen. I thought back to, you know, my anxiousness of getting on and soloing. Why was I soloing that day? And what happened when I got on and I made the first eddy at the Glen is my unconscious had taken me back to the thoughts and feelings I had on that first solo. And it took me a good five minutes to centre myself and actually not feel tense like I did the first time all those years ago, you know, it took me a while, my unconscious, you know, dragged me back and my thoughts and my feelings. And the whole trip I just did on the, on the Glen, there was a ghost of past experience sort of on my shoulder all the way down. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I really do. I don't want to ever drop into a river blase. So having this sort of ghost of the past on my shoulder, or, you know, wherever it sits. It's not, like I say, it's not a bad thing. 
what I do find when I solo, and I get more from soloing than paddling with peers, or even guiding, is that soloing allows me a certain purity of thought that I just don't get in a group situation. It, allow, it allows me a space to understand myself a little bit more. It allows me to be enclosed in that river a lot more because it's only me and that river and I'm not challenging that river and I'm actually quite grateful that the river lets me through relatively unscathed most times but soloing opens up these doors in, in my unconscious where every stroke I make is critical to that moment in time today in the glen you know you're making an eddy next to a big boulder and I'm spending time to look at the curves of the boulder. I'm spending time to look at the mosses on there. You know, I'm running rapids and <clears throat> it's almost like the rapid is brighter. The rapid is fuller because I'm there alone. It's quite hard to sort of describe, especially by a dyslexic Yorkshireman. But a soloing, I feel that. I also feel any mistakes that I make when I solo are amplified personally. They're not amplified to ridicule, which you might get when you paddle with your mates. You know, your mates might laugh at you when you fall in and take a roll or a back loop and all that. You know, I'm sure we all do that. But the mistakes I make are amplified and they play on my mind a little bit more when I'm by myself. And I think that's a good thing. Soloing has opened up to me a great deal of knowledge about myself, about why I kayak and why I'm there. I don't kayak for the social aspect of it, and I have no issues with the social aspect of it, festivals and meets at the weekend and stuff like that. I have, I think they're great things, but it's not why I kayak. I don't kayak to, to sort of please anybody else. I do it to please myself. Now, you know, a quick blast on the Glen and running the shuttle today. Like I say, it just takes me into a river that, that I've run a lot. And this time this was just really, really special. Didn't need to be. It could have just been one of the thousands of times I've run the Glen. Now, should people solo? I can't answer that. I like it. Do I like it more than paddling with my mates? Nah, I get good jokes off my mates. But I find the experience is pure when I'm soloing. In big water, huge water rapids, I'm talking, you know, the Alsec or the Sussex, the Stikine or the Humbler, rivers like that, when even in a group, you get the same sort of feelings because you are pretty isolated in big water, even if you're running as a group. So I get the same sort of feelings and stuff like that. Now, you know, I've done a lot of multi-day trips solo. And on beaches at night, when you're cooking up your food and you're laying in your bivy bag and you're by yourself, nothing else matters. It's really hard to describe. Nothing else matters. This is how I feel anyway. Laying there, drinking my tea or eating my food. Doesn't matter. What I've just kayaked that day doesn't matter. All that matters is that I fall asleep and I wake up and I continue to paddle. That matters. 
my bills don't matter. That email that somebody sent me before I set off replying to that don't matter. All that matters is the decisions I'm making. And I think in our day-to-day -day world, we don't give ourselves space to understand or critique decisions that we make. A lot of the time I think we just go along with things, especially in day-to-day -day life, or we get caught up with decisions others make. And we sort of get caught up with that and we, you know, we'd be quite, quite happy for that to happen. But for me, for soloing especially, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff and it's all down to the moment. Simple things like walking around a beach, do you walk barefoot or do you wear your river shoes? I always wear my shoes, especially if I know there's rocks around. I don't want to stub my toe or trip over and hurt my ankles, any of that. But I won't think about it if I was in a group. You just walk around barefoot, maybe. And if you slip and hurt your feet, then, you know, it's one of those things. But anyway, soloing, that's what I feel about it. I am rattling a little bit now. But it's important to me. I've read a lot on soloing. You know, a friend of mine, a guy called Doug Ammons, he soloed, he was the first guy to solo Mr. Keen. That's an amazing achievement back in the days of the dancer and Doug writes really eloquently about solo about solo kayaking his books laugh of the water and in from white water philosophy if you can get hold of these books read them if you're interested in you know the sort of purity of the solo experience Doug talks a lot about what a genuine solo is and he discusses that if you're paddling a river solo and there's cars on the highway and they can see you paddling, are you really soloing? He talks about the fact that if somebody knows that you're actually going to that river and you're going to that putting, are you really soloing? Because there's a certain level of knowledge about you that allows people to know where you are. I've quite often soloed and nobody's known where I've been unless they happen to have been on the bus driving up, you know, one of the passes in India or Nepal and they see me get off the bus or the truck. But kayakers don't necessarily know this, there's people, just people on the bus. Doug talks about this, you know, Walt Blackadder, his solo on turnback. I think that defined not just whitewater kayaking of its, uh, for what whitewater kayaking is now, but it defined the human spirit of adventure. You know, he dropped into the turn back on the Alsec in his big fiberglass boat with a dodgy palata roll and very little data. And, you know, he came through it. He wouldn't go back for all the tea in China. But Walt, you know, for me, Walt, pioneered what we know as modern day whitewater kayaking. Was he right in doing so? Uh, I'm unsure. I'm unsure. I'm really unsure about the positives and the negatives of soloing. You know, I love it. <coughs> Excuse me, you know, it is my favourite aspect of whitewater kayaking. But that's because of the rewards I get out of that for my personal growth are relatively high. 
set against the negatives of that. I will always solo in conditions that I know and on rivers that I'm aware of. Maybe not regular ones, but I know of. I will never solo. I was going to say I will never solo a first descent, and that's a lie. Because I have soloed first descents. But, sorry about the pause, I was just thinking back. But I, I tend to paddle well within my remit of experience when I solo. When I'm paddling the group, I tend to push it harder. I tend to go in higher water levels as a group. And again, that's a bit of a lie. I like to go back in to a river in higher water flows with piers, but if I'm on a river solo and it flashes, I'll still be on the river. I'm just thinking back to a Zarap Chew that I did this year, and it was the highest I'd ever done it. Uh, I think it was the highest it's ever been done. But I mean, I don't know that. I'm sure that Shalaba or Andreas has done it just as high. But I remember at the bottom of Riru having to ferry the length of the river to make a sneak because the line I wanted to paddle was closed out with big monstrous holes. But yeah, soloing. Should you do it? I have concerns with soloing and talking about soloing. I don't want people to go away thinking that soloing is, you know, the bee's knees. We see a lot of, in, our, in kayaking, we see a lot of people training slalom or sprint marathon. On the flat, possibly by themselves, just banging out the miles, banging out the hours, technique, training, 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 training. Solo. The risks there are relatively low on the flat. The minute we put it into a white water environment, I think, you know, we open up a lot of risk and reward questions. People that paddle regular runs in the dark need to be aware of the extra risk that the lack of light gives. I'm not saying don't paddle in the dark. I've paddled in the dark myself. Paddled in the dark in some deep gorges. But I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying be aware of that extra risk. And I just want to underline, you know, this is all my personal thoughts. And they, they are just thoughts. And I, like I say, I enjoy soloing. Perhaps because I'm really awkward to be around. <laughs> People don't paddle with me too much. Should you paddle solo? I guess there's only one person that can answer that, and that's yourself. Should I promote solo paddling? Well, I hope I've not promoted solo paddling at all because of its dangers and its risk versus reward. People will still solo. Okay, people have soloed kayak in kayaks since I'm probably since the start of kayaking. And people will continue to. People will still solo climb, solo free climb, you know. People won't continue to do that. And for me, soloing opens up a passion and a grace and a silence and a noise and a chaos and a calm that I just do not get in a group situation. I'm going to stop talking solo now because I'm just going around in circles. And I've said what I wanted to say about it. 
and that's that nobody can tell you that solo is a good thing and I think you need to make your judgment call that yes or no you want to solo and know where your limits are in respect to that and know the risks involved on a lighter note somebody asked me about how I load my boat for a day trip out with people that we could group uh, members of a group excuse me it's day trip we can members of a group <clears throat> and all I want to say is take what you need to make that group comfortable and happy because kayak is all about being happy isn't it and if we're not happy and we're scared and we're cold then we're miserable and we're not going to love our time and we may as well not bother so always have snacks in your boat especially if you've got young kids kids love chocolate I mean, I'm sure everyone loves chocolate, but kids really love it. Don't give them Skittles, though. Too many numbers are bouncing around a lot. Always have a warm, insulating layer spare kicking about in your bag. You know, promote that everyone takes out a warm layer. If you've got a group shelter, they're awesome. Group shelters are wicked. Always have, your, always have a spare set of splits. Make sure you've got airbags. Airbags are really good. It means to make a hot drink. Now... I don't carry a flask in my boat. I've never carried a flask in my boat on a day trip in Britain. I mean, most day trips in Britain are really short. I'm thinking something like the D. If you did the D from Chambridge down to town, you could do it in an hour. And there's a coffee shop halfway down. So just take a couple of quid. And then you can get inside, warm up, have a cup of paddle down. Easy peasy. But longer trips, you might want that. Next you got a first aid kit. But then how do you balance it? I have never, ever put anything down the front of my boat. And that includes big, long, 11-day, multi-day trips. I've never loaded the nose in my boat. Everything goes behind the seat. I know people that do load the nose. It's not my thing. I think a lot of British paddlers especially overcompensate when they're taking spare kit. And you need to stop that because it's going to really affect your boat's performance. If you're taking, if you're overcompensating, taking like too much stuff in your day for a day, what are you going to do if you start multi-daying? You know, a group shelter, fine. First aid kit, fine. Splits, fine. Rescue kit, fine. Chocolate bar, yeah. Power bar, whatever, yeah. That's probably all you need. If you're taking an insulating layer, you know, you can get super small Primaloft stuff now. Packs down really good. But it all starts to add up and take up space. I've noticed that if people get cold on the river, it takes them a long time to warm back up, even with the insulating layer, spare layers. So you're much better off dressing warm and staying warm than dressing relatively cool and then having to warm up again. So I think, going back to the you know original post that somebody mentioned was, if you've got a group of peers that are, you know, weak paddlers, maybe a bit inexperienced in the area, get them to wear more clothes. It's much easier for them to take off layers and keep those layers in the dry bag in their boat, for me personally, than it is to get cold and warm them back up. It is problematic taking off dry suits, taking thermal layers off, putting them back on again without getting too cold. I know that, I know. But I'd rather keep people warm constantly, especially if you're in a group where you're scouting a lot, you know, running slow, getting eddies a lot. Stuff like that. Anyway, I don't want to go into too many details on that. I just want to thank everyone for listening and 
I hope it's not been super serious. And I thank you for your time. I've really enjoyed speaking to nobody. Which is pretty standard with a podcast. Anyway, if you've enjoyed it, thanks a lot. It means a lot to me that people do listen to this. If you've got questions, you can find them out in the comments on Podbean. You can find me on Darren Clarkson King on Facebook. But send us a message. Don't just drop us a friend request because I get loads and I don't want them of random people. You know, they're all spam or whatever. Don't need any of them. So send me a friend request and a message if you want. You can talk to us and email at info at purelandexpeditions.com. But I'm not here to talk about our trips. I'm just here to talk about stuff that's on my mind. Thank you so much, everyone, and have a great day.